0: Welcome to the Lunar Spire* Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 68, and today we'll be talking about the last episode of the Steven Bomb, Log Date 7152. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia.
1: This was quite the episode.
0: Yeah, we needed needed a breather. We got one. I laughed a lot. Did you laugh a lot?
1: This is, if you want to call this a breather, this is my most favorite breather. It's probably one of my favorite episodes in the Steven Bomb.
0: I mean, this is what a lot of people would call filler, but mm. when you're talking about Steven Universe, I know, I know. It's Usually, when you call something filler, it's a derogatory term, but on Steven Universe, that just means it's all about the characters and not about the storyline.
1: Well, my favorite. I love the characters. I want to learn more about them. And, like, because yesterday I'd complained that Peridot's sudden, you know, mutiny seemed a little bit. Out of the blue, but now watching this episode It makes a bit more sense yeah, I don't know if Ken would agree with
0: me but Because uh, It sounds like the second part Of the log date, so the 1-5 in this case Means one month So this is a few Months of reprogramming That Steven's done to her
1: I don't think a few months, but definitely More than a month and a half
0: It checks out so now we have another, show, another spin-off show they have to make. After they finish making Little Butler for us, they gotta make Camp Pining Hearts.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Wait, why did Steven say that there was only one
0: episode? Because he didn't want her to start watching the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, remember what happened to Amethyst with Little Butler?
1: Oh, it's... I liked how per... like it took me a while to actually realize Pure and Percy... Both dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, I can't believe Paradot ships Yowie. And I'm like, I needed to think about it for a second. I'm like, oh, oh.
0: Well, to be fair, to be fair, when Paradot's doing the shipping, she's thinking about what yeah. battle couple could dish out the most damage. But I mean, that's that's always how it starts, <laughs> you know, doing damage. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's how it starts. <laughs> Next thing you know, Moonlit walks down the down the forest trail, and, uh...
1: Next thing you know, Steven and Peridot are exchanging their fan art.
0: <laughs> yeah. Of course, we all know Steven ships, uh, Arch- Archimicurus, and... The protagonist's name. Yeah, what's her name? The much less interestingly named person, Lisa. There we go. Much less interesting.
1: But both of them can bond over... over oh. cake. Being shipping trash, <laughs> I love that. I it it was the best part of this episode. Just it was so meta. Yeah, I don't I
0: don't think it, it, even I don't think even seeing Opal again can top the camp pining heart section. And I loved seeing Opal again. She yeah, even had a, she even had a vocalization. I I haven't checked to see she if they grunted. took She grunted. Yeah, I haven't checked to see if they took that grunt from Giant Woman or if this <laughs> means that we're gonna get more Opal in the future because you don't bring. I uh, hope. I hope I hope for more Opal, because you don't bring a voice actress into the studio for a grunt. Of course, that could have been somebody else. It sounded like Opal, though. It
1: sounded exactly like Opal. And she has a new outfit, too. Mm. And I like it. I like her new
0: outfit. Opal was so tall, though.
1: I think she's always been that tall. No, she's
0: she's not. Oh, Oh, man. She's big. A big girl. Yeah, big girl, big girl Yeah, <laughs> you well, know, that would put her on tier with about sardonyx I, you know, just just, just eyeballing it
1: maybe, maybe a tad shorter, but not by much Sardonyx is a good height <laughs> A good height, you know, like 15, 20 feet It's a good height
0: yeah, I am 12, I don't know, I don't know. People, you know A lot of people argue with me when I say Stevens just 3 feet tall, you know Let's so, not get into that, it's all about Camp Pining Hearts today <sighs>
1: And uh, like people are saying that the blue camp team uh, and the yellow camp team is foreshadowing for a future relationship, which yeah. can either be between the diamonds or Peridot and Lapis.
0: Although well, that people have pointed out that's like Rose Hair on the Blue Cabin Girl.
1: True, true. But it's just Lapidot has always been the the show's like biggest crack ship and it's come so
0: far. I loved it when they portrayed them Scar- Starsky and Hutch style. That's my, that's the fan art I enjoy.
1: I've never seen that. You'll have to look. Uh, I'll
0: have to dig it out for you.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man, and, and Peridot, it's the subtext, Steven.
0: <laughs> that was the, oh, and then her long diatribe. <clears throat> <laughs> it's like they, they observe us. We are like monkeys. In oh, yeah, Absolutely.
1: And this was boarded by none other than Lauren Zook and Hilary Florido, so... Well, if you
0: didn't- if the alien boxer shorts weren't a- weren't a (laughs) tip-off, then I don't know- I don't know what it takes. I don't need storyboard credits to let me know that Ms. Zook did this one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Ho! And there are, of course, a couple amethyst shots that- that just look very zook, the hair.
0: (laughs) The pearl tries.
1: Oh! Pearl, she made a pun.
0: <laughs> and uh, she did
1: like the little, the little nyah hand motion, which is just...
0: Not lying around. Her aim is getting better.
1: <laughs> I never would have thought that Pearl was capable of puns. And yet here hmm. we are.
0: Do you, think, do you think that Peridot and mopping with the wrong side of the mop was a direct reference to Spongebob or just a happy coincidence?
1: It was a direct reference. It's, a, it's always a direct reference uh, to
0: Because that was the first thing I thought of, and I know that there are plenty of other people out there who are like, Hey pal, <laughs> you just blow in from, <laughs> from Homeworld? <Stupid> Town? <laughs> What's the difference? Pats for Peridot. Didn't Garnet pat Peridot on the back a couple times?
1: Uh at the beginning of the episode she put her hand on her shoulder and then picked okay,
0: her up. Yeah. Garnet was amazing this episode. Yeah, putting the moves on Peridot. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. People are like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Fusion isn't anything like sex. You're reading too much into it.
1: It's a tool to represent intimacy. And sometimes it can mean sex. Sometimes,
0: you Garnet's know? like, Garnet's doing the whole, oh, hey, you know, want me to, you know, you don't, you don't have to if you don't yeah, want like to. Yeah, like the whole, cu- yeah. Putting on some music and then Paranoid's like, wait, I gotta, you gotta dress up, you know?
1: <laughs> I gotta put my heels on.
0: Mm -hmm. so uh, like i said this is this is another episode where if you're telling me that that you know fusion and sex have nothing to do with each other i'm like oh come on look at the way it's written
1: yeah and of course i mean it doesn't always have to be can be any sort of intimate and close intimate not necessarily in like a sexual way but like a really like close
0: sort you, of. You kind of are melding minds with fusion, so it's pretty close.
1: But like it can represent any sort of intimacy, and by intimacy, I can mean.
0: Yeah, I know. I know what you mean.
1: Completely platonically, but you know, it's still in a way that is a relationship, and it can mean sex. And if you want it to mean sex, that is great.
0: Kinda, kinda sounded like sex today. It did. <laughs> <laughs> So fun little factoid: Home World is in fact not in our galaxy. That yeah. the galaxy is visible from Earth.
1: I, well, I think this is proof, of course, that the Home World takes over galaxies. It's not; they're not just taking over the Milky Way. This is this is cross galaxy. Maybe not the whole universe, but maybe like the local cluster
0: Um, it's a big universe it is well we know in the comics issue two Greg described the gems as intergalactic warriors and then then you have space race which i believe came later where pearl's talking about you know these used to connect us to gem controlled planets all throughout the universe so we've known this for a long time it's just where in the universe homeworld is we weren't sure because it looked like a star, which would mean that's in the same galaxy. But it's a galaxy that we're looking at.
1: Well, galaxies do look like stars from the naked eye.
0: Oh, yeah, because they're really far away. Mm-hmm. But it has been. We we know now that, no, that's a whole galaxy. So far away.
1: Very far away. And I, yeah, I definitely don't think that Lapis... Like, she could have symbolically been flying towards the homeworld, but...
0: I just flew in from Earth and boy are my wings tired. It's <laughs> just kidding. I found the galaxy warp on Mars. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Pe- uh, Lapis, you know, maybe when Peridot's done with that book, maybe maybe Lapis should give it a read-through. Just maybe.
1: I did like how Garnet had used shipping logic <laughs> to help yeah. Peridot understand fusion. She's like, it's a relationship. We're in love, and we want to stay together. And she's like, I get it.
0: Yeah all, yeah, all she had to do was tie her being to to Peridot's shipping chart, and then Peridot has no choice. She has to accept it. <laughs> I mean, her ship can't be wrong.
1: Oh, man, and how she just got more and more papers, and she had a chart of compatible personalities. <laughs> and if you uh... look closely at it, it's not like, a is always destined for B. Like, A can work with both B and C.
0: Like, there's... Mm-hmm, geez, it's a that's... bit of a web. She worked all of this out from one episode because of the subtext.
1: What was the one... The third one that was... That Steven had said, interjected, like, paradox, like, Pierre and Percy are best for each other.
0: No, he's talking about the girl from the... From the previously on Camp Pining Horse. I can't remember her name.
1: Yeah. I think we all... Sort of reluctantly identified with Peridot this episode.
0: If on her obsession, if not the shipping itself.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, trying to explain Steven Universe to friends that are not interested. They just, they just, (laughs) they gotta watch. (laughs) And Steven, like, oh boy, this part again.
0: (laughs) He's like, yeah, I I remember this part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he introduced her to it, too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, So see? Camp pining hearts may very well have been the deciding factor in converting Peridot over to our team.
1: It's what it's what made her the crystal gem.
0: Uh, but man, her at the beginning was hilarious. Just she's in such a state oh, of confusion. Her breakdown. It. I loved that She's like, I'm a crystal gem. I'm a crystal gem. I. <laughs> yeah, she's la- She's like, I just I just called her a traitorous clown. I just called her, or I just called her a Claude. I just she's both excited and depressed. <laughs> she's, about like, her terrified.
1: She doesn't know what- th- I, wa- I really want to know what Garnet had said to Peridot while Steven was listening to the logs. Because mm. Garnet did a good job of calming Peridot down, and I kind of want to know what she said and Peridot's reaction, because maybe Peridot is now a lot more cool with the idea of being a Crystal Gem. Mm. And I was kind of confused when the log date started having Garnet in it. And yeah. it was Garnet talking and she's like, yeah, Peridot's gonna want her thing back. Stephen. if you're listening- Stephen, It's not even if you're listening to this. It's just, Steven, you're listening to this. And I'm like, how did she know? And then it's right, like, Future Vision. She has Future Vision.
0: Yeah, but the weird thing is, though, she was able to foresee that future, but not the part before it where, you know, Peridot contacted yellow diamond because either she's become over the past few thousand years she's become really good at fading surprise to everything or she doesn't see the whole timeline she sees portions of the timeline
1: yeah i think ruby's addition to the fusion kind of muddles up sapphire's future vision a bit like it it changes how it works
0: well in that case you think that they'd unfuse every so often so sapphire could tell what's what
1: I think Ruby, by definition, makes the future uncertain because Ruby is unpredictable
0: i guess I guess they're all defective one way or another <laughs> but bottom line is bottom line is that Garnet probably didn't foresee the almost betrayal of the crystal gems that turned into an actual betrayal of yellow diamond.
1: Well, I can think of a lot of like Garnet could have seen a lot of paths in which Peridot started betraying. Yeah. Like, she's always mildly surprised, but she's never very surprised.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess because she never knows which one it's gonna be.
1: The only time she was very surprised was when Pearl betrayed her, because it's possible she did see the future, that future, but, like, discarded it because there's no way Pearl would do that.
0: Yeah, the the future vision has always been a really tough one to explain. Ugh, yeah. It's- I don't like that they gave Garnet that power that that makes my life hard as a <laughs> as a lore person and it makes their lives hard as writers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because they,
0: they got to keep that future vision weak enough so that they can't say, "Well, how come Garnet didn't know this? How come Garnet didn't know this?"
1: Yeah, and I did like how it's it, it was very subtle here. Like you would you had to think about it for it to be obvious.
0: No, nah, I I picked that up pretty quick. It's like, "Oh, Garnet knew this was going to happen."
1: Well, yeah, like it wasn't It was, like, initially, like, how would she know? And then, like, the episode is ending, I'm like, oh, right, right. She has that that power.
0: Future Vision. Get out of my life, Ninja
1: Squad. All these references I never get.
0: Oh, that's that's from Future Vision. You gotta... Is it? Come on, I'm a large man now. Yes, yes. He he's talking about how he's too old to do childish stuff, so he takes down his ninja squad poster and puts up a new ninja squad.
1: Yeah. This is why you were the host to the trivia episode.
0: Well, yeah. Kind of like I said, I'm kind of like a paradox, except I don't ship. <laughs> and no, I do not know which facet and cut paradox is. Thank you very much. I have limits.
1: She's facet like.
0: There's an L in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, there's letters. Yeah, I don't like remember. I said, I'm
0: I'm not I'm not going to memorize that. I'm sorry. But I might eventually, but not right now. Uh but this was a this was a good episode. This is this is kind of a breather from some really intense storyline stuff that we've been getting hammered with. Yes. Yes, the, an- the answer was kind of heavy. Stephen's birthday, a bit of a a bit of a deviation from that nice look at Stephen and Connie's relationship. But you know it could have been great. And message received were two hammer blows, one after the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A two-parter that just killed. Like I could not have handled them being a week apart.
0: If they had ended on a, th- if they had ended on a third one that was just as story heavy as those two, I mean, I, I, I think I think somebody would have died. Like there would have been casualties within the fandom.
1: Absolutely. And I did. We did get an extra little lore bit. Of Peridot explaining shapeshifting and how the energy required to do it is very high.
0: I think that's more of a question than an answer because it's like obviously Amethyst has no real energy troubles because the gems just they, they just produce.
1: I think they can get tired or fatigued though.
0: Well, yeah, we've seen like Chillatied. We've seen them get tired and Chillatied. So maybe that's
1: and they can really um, overwork their bodies, as we saw in Coach Steven. Take it like a gem So it is possible, and I mean, if if Amethyst had been shape-shifting too much Or stretching a lot, that she gets very sore for some time afterwards And if you're in the middle, if you're like in a battle situation
0: And then she'll be lying around (gasps) Oh, Pearl, you are so precious
1: So precious! And how, like, the little- she makes this little face when- when someone makes her laugh and she's trying not to admit it, where she's like, got, like in her little lips, it's so cute, so <laughs> precious.
0: But yes, I'm glad. I'm glad we had this episode. Yes. <laughs> Peridot is the best.
1: I can't decide my favorite one. The Steven Bomb.
0: Ooh, yeah. For me, it's it's between it could have been great and Message Received. I liked this one, but I gotta have my lore first.
1: Message Received. Is, oh, and the song and it could have been great was really good. Uh, yeah. I can't decide.
0: Yeah, I guess you have until our Monday Monday recap episode to come up with the decision. I don't know if I'll be able to. Like I said, those are the, they're basically a two-parter, so I'm probably just going to fudge it and say the two-parter is my favorite.
1: Yeah, that's an acceptable answer.
0: Yeah, that's an acceptable cheat. I vote to allow that for myself. <laughs> I mean, closing thoughts about log date 7152? There was something I
1: wanted to mention, thank you. Oh, Garnet. Um, Her kind of little message about how it was really important that Peridot had made an effort to understand her.
0: Ah, yeah, well, that's the first step.
1: Like, the gems, especially Garnet, have been very encouraging. And they're kind of showing that same sort of encouragement to Peridot. Where it's like, no, you didn't succeed in what you had originally wanted, but... It is the thought that counts. Yeah, and Garnet
0: en- was making an effort to show up wherever Peridot was going to do something and give her a thumbs up.
1: It's such a. <laughs> I love the thumbs up. It's such a neutral, just sort of like. Huh. Still, and just neutral expression, just sort of like. Mm. And then the there last one was a smile. I'm upvoting this. Oh, and Peridot's little final thumbs up where she's like. <laughs> wow,
0: thanks. Uh, that is what we say to the crew universe after a gift like this. Wow, thanks.
1: Wow, thanks.
0: Wow, thanks for Opal. Wow, thanks for the shipping chart. Wow, thanks for date 7152.
1: Yes, I do like how the show is occasionally pointing at the fandom and saying, Hey, watch yourself. You guys are nuts. It's like, hey, like the Sardonyx Bomb characters can't be perfect. Ronaldo is, of course, just a giant symbol for obnoxious fans.
0: He's, he's been the prophet. He will be the diplomat one day. It has been foreseen by Ronaldo himself.
1: Is there anything by Ronaldo that hasn't been confirmed yet?
0: Hmm. Well, technically, they didn't want to hollow out the Earth so they could move the planet to their home system and use humans as slaves. So he was wrong about that. But that wasn't in the show itself. That was that was on his blog.
1: Not every theory is perfect.
0: Just Ronaldo, and Peridot, and Pearl.
1: I'm not even going to bother arguing with that. <laughs> Any final thoughts?
0: Nope, those are my final thoughts. I guess we will see everybody on Monday, where we will be recapping Stephen Bomb 4. Until then, I'm GC13. And
1: I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes.
0: Because Ken isn't here to ask you.
1: He was here yesterday, and I still said it.
0: You beat him to it. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarSeaspire.com. Thank you for listening.